Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Joining the Dots, the podcast from the makers of Huck Magazine. The podcast is all about conversations across culture. We sit down with people making culture in their own image from artists, creators and activists to musicians, politicos and everyday people paddling against the flow. I'm Mike Fulham, one of the founding editors of the magazine and in this episode I sit down with Jamie S. Margolin. Jamie is an activist, 18 years old, from Seattle, Washington and she's about to publish her first book and is burning the midnight oil determined to have her voice heard and to make a difference in a world layered with crisis. Okay, Jamie, um, activist, writer, author of um, a book that I haven't had the advantage of reading yet. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. I'm a bit tired because it's late over here, but I'm doing well. Yeah, we're on other sides of the planet. I'm in London um, on a beautiful morning and Jamie's in Seattle in a, in a dark house. I've kept her up late, unfortunately. Um, but I guess really... Uh, a great place to start with for you to tell me about the book um, and what it's all about and what it means to you and what the process of you getting to this point at the tender age of 18. Yeah. Um, so I just released a book called Youth to Power, Your Voice and How to Use It. And it's a guide to being a young organizer for any cause. So the book um, is pretty much the guidebook that I would have given my younger self when she was first starting to get involved and trying to organize and be an activist and just try to take the action that I could. I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was doing, and I really wish that I had this guidebook. So after about four years, a little over four years of being an organizer and an activist and doing this pretty much full time outside of school, um, I wanted to make that guidebook that I always wished that I had when I was little. So anyone else who wants to take action, who wants to make a difference, can have that book for them and they can use it um, to, to influence them and to, to help guide them in the work that they do so that they don't have to feel like they can't take action, so that they have easy steps and... Um, yeah, easy, easy steps that they can take in order to make the change that they, that they seek. And so I also interviewed a lot of young people for the book and the process. Um, I got the book deal when I was 16. And so the process was just a lot of writing and revisions and especially doing stuff like while I was in school, because I was in high school while I wrote it. And then I just came out right now in the middle of a pandemic. And it also came out um, 
June 2nd, which was like blackout day during the Black Lives Matter protest. So I had to refrain from promoting it, obviously, um, in order to be respectful of that movement. Um, so I didn't start promoting until pretty recently, uh, a few weeks after it actually came out. So it was definitely an unconventional book release experience, no tour that we had planned or anything because of the coronavirus. And then also, um, it came out during a time of mass protest where I live and all over the world. So I also had to be very mindful and respectful of that as well. Um, so yeah, I've had a very unconventional book release experience, but I am grateful that I have put it out into the world. Well, yeah, totally. You, I'm speaking to you, we're speaking to each other here at a time of um, what feels to me like one of those moments where a lot of tectonic plates are shifting culturally um, socially, economically. Does it look like that for you? Yeah, it definitely looks like that for me. It feels like the world is so uncertain in so many ways, both with the pandemic, especially in the United States, our federal government has done an absolutely horrible job in handling this pandemic. And so there's the whole uncertainty and everything of the pandemic. There's the uncertainty of the climate crisis. There's just all of the other issues that have been going on in our society. Um, there's, you know, the policing has been horrible. Um, I know it's not just in the United States, it's also a problem around the world and there have been like horrible abuses of power by the police and it's just, there's just so many awful things happening that it's almost hard to keep track and, and it's easy to just want to hide away from the world forever. And tell me, you know, as a young person, as an 18 year old, um, oh, you're so tired, sorry. <laughs> just for, for the listener, James, huge cat yawns have been coming a couple of times every, every couple of I do yawn like a cat. Um, so I don't, don't want to blow your mystique as a serious author there, Jamie, but... Um, no, it, no, it, it's, it's <laughs> accurate. I am yawning like a cat. It's very So, well, I, I mean, tell me, I mean, it, it, it seems to me that your generation, your Generation Z, right? Generation Z, as we call it, you are completely um, digital native. You grew, didn't grow up in a time without the interconnectedness of social media. You, right. You are raised, born and raised in a time of that interconnectedness and that communication. Do you remember yes. a time when it didn't feel like crisis? Not really. There was never a time in my life where it didn't feel like there was a crisis, but there definitely was a time where it didn't feel so terrifyingly urgent. Like, I feel like right now, it just feels like absolute disaster after disaster after disaster after disaster. And there were definitely times before this where I felt this way, but I feel like this is the worst that it has gotten in my life. I know that it has been really bad all around the world for many different reasons and all around the country, but in my personal just experience there's always been the urgency of we need to take action on the climate crisis and there are always these other issues as well so i was never under the illusion that everything was okay but you know in the early 2010s and two, obviously the early 2000s i was like a toddler and a child so i wasn't i definitely cared about the climate crisis and i was scared of it then but it wasn't like consuming my thoughts that much when i was super little but in like the 2010s i was definitely very worried about this and taking action as much as I could, especially in the late 2010s, starting 2016. But I guess starting in 2016 has it felt super, super, super urgent where it was all I could think about. And lately in 2020, it just feels like it's disaster. I don't know, disaster stew. It's just everything mixed together. Climate change is a threat multiplier. So it worsens all of the other things happening around it. 
um, in the world. And so we have all these awful things happening. And then we have climate change as a threat multiplier. And so we're a product and a, and a, and a, a fruit of our times, aren't we? I mean, that, and that's true no matter in which era you grow and which era you're, the context in which you're born. Why do you think this quite sharp um, political, economic, social, environmental awareness comes from in you? I think for me, it comes from many places. It definitely comes from my background. Um, growing up in the Pacific Northwest, which is a very environmentally beautiful area, like there is just green. We are called the Emerald City because it's just green everywhere. Um, and there's a lot of natural flora and fauna, even in like the most developed parts of the city, like even in the like downtown, there's trees. Um, so I feel like there's that, but then there's also, you know, my family's background in Colombia, South America, and a lot of my abuela's teachings of, um, you know, taking care of the earth and the world around you. And then there's also just growing up watching the news and watching science and climate documentaries when I was little and always growing up with a nature channel and the Nova channel. It's, it's really a combination of things. And then also I went to a school that talked about this issue as well. And so it's just all of those things combined. Mm. And you mentioned uh, 2016. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop yawning. It's like, I just, cat I have, sorry, for everyone listening, I've been like yawning every two seconds and I keep trying to like, we're on Zoom right now and I keep trying to not, because I don't want to be disruptive. So I don't I'm want, not doing it on purpose. It's just like, once you kind of start, it's just. No, exactly. It's making me yawn. It's making me yawn. I'm, and I just got out of bed and I just had my first coffee. Um, no, thank you. You, you, you told me. You mentioned 2016 was a real pivotal moment for you. What happened in 2016 to create that? The 2016 American election, it was an absolute trash fire. Um, and so that really pivoted me into it flung me into the political atmosphere. And I've been like doing, I've been nonstop advocating for justice and being a very political person ever since. Obviously, I mean, that's a time when kind of all these shifts seem to really accelerate and to kind of like almost like the, the, the mask fell off a lot of different things that have been happening. Uh, and, you know, an administration in the White House that was going to be rejecting a lot of the concerns of your generation and, and trivializing them. Right? Um, now, it strikes me as well. I mean, we're talking about generational stuff. And after all, this podcast is about joining the dots and making comparisons and us learning from each other. I'm from a different generation and um, people of my generation have grown up with this kind of thing looming on the horizon, like the kind of consciousness of collapse, consciousness of environment. I'm not a boomer, I hasty to say. I'm just about what, they, what the marketeers call Generation X. And I think a lot of my immediate contemporaries and a lot of people that, that started a magazine with me uh, way back are waiting really to find out where the anger is in your generation and how that expresses itself because of course we grew up with a punk movement right which was all about rejecting the past and moving forward and it was a very activist generation in its own way but it was a kind of a cultural activist generation it was political um, in its kind of implications but it wasn't so much overtly political and so broad-ranging tell me about that anger is there that anger in your generation? Yeah, my generation definitely has a lot of anger, but I think we also have a lot of exhaustion and burnout. Um, I feel like there's an anger, but because of like, I think what's different is that our generation with social media, we can receive a constant influx of bad news, like hundreds of 
you know, you scroll through Twitter and it's just bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news, video of this video, of this personal account of this. And obviously like, it's such an amazing tool to create change and organize protests. Like social media has played a huge role in the Black Lives Matter movement and organizing for those protests and so many other protests as well. But it's also like, yeah, we're angry, but we're also exhausted and we express our anger. But I think there's this collective burnout and just exhaustion and cynicism among Generation Z where we're more like joking, like, oh, yeah, everything is trash and it's all coming to an end. Like kind of joking, but not really. But it's just like kind of cynical gallows humor kind of stuff where it's like when you constantly see bad news after bad news after bad news every day at your fingertips and you experience it in real life as well, it's just a lot. And I feel like our generation is inheriting the culmination of so many issues that have been going on for so long that it's just, it's very easy to be angry and just tired. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And so you mentioned earlier that this isn't a conventional uh, book launch experience. Uh, this isn't, hasn't been a conventional time in any way. It, neither is it a conventional time to be a teenager, right, really? I mean, in that 20th century yeah. dream cliche of the teenager, right? The Bobby Socks and the, the kind of the high school prom and all those things. No, I, I never both. had that. Yeah, I mean, what does that mean to you? I mean, as an American person, I mean, obviously America in the 20th century up to now still kind of um, pushes this kind of carefree idea of the ultimate uh, American dream is this carefree, almost extended teenage, isn't it? Yes, yeah. I mean, I never really was an American teenager. First of all, I do, I am, my mom is an immigrant from Colombia, so I do come from like a first generation kind of background. So it's not fully like, I mean, obviously I am American. I was born in this country and all of that, but you know, it's not that typical what you see on TV. You know, my experience is different than like the typical white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, you know, teenager. Also, I just never had that carefree idealistic existence. I've always just been working really hard all the time. Uh, also, the coronavirus made it so I didn't even have a graduation ceremony and I didn't even have a prom. So 
climate change and all the activism that I've done has robbed a lot from me, but then also it's the coronavirus. And I'm not complaining because in terms of the activism, that is a choice that I make to be active, though to an extent, you know, it's almost like I feel like, yeah, I, I guess it's a choice. But I don't know. I, it's it's always funny to see how people from other countries think of like the whole American culture and American teenagehood. I think that definitely the United States is one of the, for all the resources that we have and for all of our wealth, we are doing very poorly. And I'm not very proud of us at all. Um, it's actually pretty shameful, the state of our country, especially, you know, with the way we're handling this pandemic and the way we've been handling a lot of things for so long. And um, you know, why are we the only quote unquote, I hate the word developed, but I guess that's the word country that doesn't have a healthcare system for everyone. Like there's, or, or like paid leave um, for like maternal, for moms or, or people who just had children. Like there's so many things that when I traveled last year across Europe uh, for different climate stuff I was doing, it was like, I forgot that it's not normal to have mass shootings and it's not normal to not have healthcare and it's not normal. Like these are American things. And I thought it was normal to just be afraid of a mass shooting constantly and just be, have gun violence everywhere and everyone guns everywhere shooting. Like I thought that was like mass shootings was like, Oh, that's a universal experience. No, that's an American experience because our policies are uniquely horrible. Uh, I thought, it was kind of a given that people didn't have health in America thing. I thought it was kind of a given that, um, you know, we have paid maternity leave and all these other things. Like, oh, it doesn't have to be this way. And it's so funny, things that are common sense around the world are seen as so radical. Like Bernie Sanders is the candidate who was really pushing for all this. And everyone's like, oh, how radical. Like the Democratic Party platform didn't even approve Medicare for all. Everyone's like, oh my God, it's too ambitious. It's too scary. No, it's not. Everyone does it except us. We're the ones being weird. And everyone's like, oh, like, no, we have to have like unregulated guns everywhere. And it's like, no, actually, we're the only country that has mass shootings in schools and all these horrible things happening. Like that doesn't really happen anywhere else like it does here. So I think it's just very interesting seeing after I traveled across Europe and then coming back to the United States thinking how we normalized so many of the horrible things that happen here that it's almost like, oh yeah, that's just how it is. But then you go away and you realize it doesn't have to be this way. Um, and it's very infuriating because American politics is so far to the right that you will push for something common sense like Medicare for all or common sense gun control. Like let's not have mass shootings and everyone, oh my God, how dare you? It's communism. We're all going to die. Like suddenly like the Fox news and everyone is going a hundred miles a minute and Bernie Sanders is seen as a radical when I just see him as like common sense dude, like, yeah, doing normal stuff that most countries are doing. Interesting, isn't it? Because, um, you know, in, in, in at the exact same time where, where this kind of complete interconnectedness is, is current, um, where intersectionality of all these issues, uh, you know, environment, class, race, economics, economics, politics is so current. America still feels like, as you've just professed, in a way it feels almost like it's dropping behind its own iron curtain. You know, we grew up in the, you know, the Cold War era of this idea where the communist bloc had no communication with us, so they didn't know how, how badly they had it, right? And it feels like really weird, it, strangely, America seems to be behind this veil. Um, 
Um, and it's oh, available. definitely. Yeah. It's the veil of American exceptionism. Americans don't pay attention to other countries' politics, to other countries and what they do. There are many American politicians who brag about having never left the country, who brag about only speaking one language, like being ignorant to the world around you and only having one language and all these things is something to be proud of. I'm America only. And this whole American exceptionalism, we're the best country in the world. Like, oh, that, where does that come? It's, 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 a, it's almost like a cult. Um, and American exceptionalism, that whole ideal is false. We're the best in what? Like, if you look at all the important things, we're nowhere on the list of the best education, the best, we maybe have the most gun violence, but that's like, you know, other than like, <laughs> like what, you know, like if you look at healthcare, if you look at, and this isn't to, you know, yeah, I'm sure we have some good things, but I just think like we can do so much better and we have the resources to, but we just don't. I really do think, look, I don't want to compare it exactly to the Iron Curtain because it that's not, you know, quite an exact, but, but I get what you're saying is like, we are in this, the American news doesn't cover international stuff unless it has something to do with us. And Americans are taught, we're taught to have this very selfish perspective of like, we're the only country that matters. Like we're, we're just alone in the world and we're the only one that matters. And I mean, it's very strange if you see how most countries kind of understand that there is an international community, whereas the United States is like, we're America and everyone else is like, you don't even think about them. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't realize it, but it's just the way you're taught. So it's quite scary because a lot of people don't even realize that most countries have a lot of the things that we don't, that, you know, a lot of the violence that we face is, doesn't happen like the way that it does here in other countries because people have such a short view of like, people are just in their own world not because of their own fault, but because that's how we're taught. Our culture is of American exceptionalism. We are the only ones. Is that what is taught? So you mentioned um, burnout um, recently and uh, the tiredness of being faced with this bad news and this shitty situation the whole time. Yet you, by, by proclaiming your activism and, and putting yourself out there, putting your head above the parapet, writing this book, um, there's a positive step right so you're taking arms against the sea of troubles right so i don't feel like you're you're burnt out yet right i mean no i've definitely experienced several bouts of burnout though like i am doing this work but i've had really moments of exhaustion like i've burnt out several times not like completely like i'm still here but i've had moments where i've just crashed and then crashed um, several times. The the book, obviously, it's a handbook for actually dealing with burnout in a way then, isn't it? I mean, it's about taking action. It's about doing something, right? Yeah, uh, it is. And there are definitely things in the book that talk about, you know, if you've been taking action for a long time and you feel drained, here's what you can do to take care of yourself and how to recharge your batteries, so to speak. So it definitely talks about all aspects of taking action and also the mental health aspect as well. Youth to Power addresses all of these um, the different sides of being an organizer and a change maker. Mm -hmm. And so what's your vision of how the next few years runs for you and for the whole issue? I mean, what's, what, what do you see on the horizon for, for the situation in America? I mean, the situation in America is very broad. Um, you know, we have a lot of issues, so I'm not sure exactly what you mean. But in terms of climate change, I mean, the situation is going to be 
I mean, the way it has to work is that we have to take urgent action. I think, you know, we have to pass a Green New Deal. We have to really take accelerated action way past what a lot of people are proposing right now. In terms of all the other issues, I mean, I really think that, you know, and, and all of these issues are, issues are intertwined. I think we need Medicare for all. I think we need common sense gun reform and gun control. I think we, to, to prevent all of the, this violence that is happening, I think we need um, to, to defund the police. I think we need to invest in schools and education and healthcare instead of the military. And the, like the United States spends so much money on policing and military and all that money could instead be going to education and healthcare and community programs. But instead it's going to violence. So, I mean, there's a lot that can be changed in the United States and I think it has to happen soon because we are under a deadline in terms of the climate crisis, but also it's like every day that we don't change, more people are dying and more people are getting hurt, not just because of the climate crisis, but also because of gun violence, because of systemic racism and corrupt policing, because of um, just all of the issues that we face. Tell me about for yourself then, just to wrap it up, um, what do you see, what, what are your ambitions for the immediate future? My ambitions for the immediate future is, uh, well, I really hope the book does well, and I hope people go order it at um, www.youthtopowerbook.com. Um, I'm also going to college. I'm going to film school, and so I really want to be a successful filmmaker and screenwriter and director and showrunner. Um, so I want to do that. And those are kind of some of my ambitions for the immediate future. Excellent. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you. Yeah, I really appreciate you um, staying up so late to accommodate this. Yeah, of course. It's been a fascinating, very brief, but sort of point conversation. I think it's going to sound great. Um, yeah, I'd love to close off with, okay, first, um, I'd love to close off with um, kind of like where people can get in touch with me. Um, so if you guys want to connect with me after listening to this podcast, you can um, well, you can order my book, Youth to Power, Your Voice and How to Use It, at www.youthtopowerbook.com. If you want to connect with me on social media, I am at Jamie underscore Margolin on Twitter, at Jamie underscore S underscore Margolin on Instagram, and just my name, Jamie Margolin on TikTok and Facebook. So you can reach out to me on any of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok and send me a message. And um, if you want to get involved with my organization, you can go to thisiszerohour.org. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thanks, cool. Jamie. I hope you get a really, really good night's sleep. Thanks for listening to Joining the Dots. Don't forget to subscribe and to rate and to comment. And go to hutmag.com for all the latest dispatches from the front lines of your passion. And just out on the street is our 73rd issue. We're very proud of this little thing. Please support our indie operation by subscribing to the beautiful print mag, a stunning photo-led stories rooted in resistance and resilience. Indie media is more important than ever, and you better believe that print is not dead.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 